Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, the years give and the years take. And as we come to the end of this year, it's interesting to me to notice one thing the year has given us. It's taught us that there is, at least at this moment in time, something called the American personality. Now, I'm not saying it's a personality that we all share. That would be literally unbearable. But it's a personality that rivets our attention, that makes us pay attention deliberately, that obsesses us, that divides us, and in the very division unites us. Consider this. The three people who garnered the most consistent array of attention throughout this year were people in three different lines of work, supposedly, but united by one thing, their need, their desire, their addiction to our attention. One was a supposed businessman. Another was a supposedly real businessman. And the third was a performing artist Elon Musk, yay, and Donald Trump. They're the same guy. Came out three different sizes, colors, nationalities, but playing the same game. And of course, the one who played it most successfully at one point in the recent past got himself in the White House, is now selling trading cards of himself, digital trading cards of himself. We don't know. I tried to find out towards the end of the week with a uh, trusted Washington source. Are these really NFTs or are they just cards called NFTs? No real answer yet. But here's what we do know kind of in order. The uh, trading cards were put out on, I guess, Thursday, $99 a piece to a tsunami of laughter from across the political spectrum. The next day, it was reported that they had all sold out already. That was followed in short order by a reminder of a recent development related in which the current Mrs. Trump herself put out an NFT and according to this report, soon after its release, bought all the copies back. I don't know how you could do that in the, the digital world, but I don't know how they can prevent you from doing that. So, the Trump digital cards all sold out in 24 hours, reportedly. 
And then the next report we saw was uh, from a trusted financial news source reporting that those cards were already being resold on the secondary market at prices less than the original offering price. That is to say, in one day, Trump's trading cards were already starting to lose value. Maybe as we celebrate the year in rebuke, it's worth considering that he really may be the world's sorest loser. 2022, the year in rebuke. You know I don't have a smash it TV show anymore. I don't have all the power I once enjoyed. My free rallies sell out. My merch flies off the shelves. Just like I was still employed. The attacks from the rhinos are totally half-assed. Telling me I shouldn't focus on the past. But if you get cheated and you don't keep bitching, you're the kind of chef who should get the hell out of the kitchen. If you get cheated and you don't make lots of noise, you may think you're a big man, but you're just one of the little boys. My people still love me. I'm not a doper or a boozer. I'll never be a beggar, cause I was born a chooser. You'll never hear this from your favorite fake newser. But no one stands taller than the world's sorest loser. The world's sorest loser. gave her lots of dough before I ran against her I was even pro-abortion back in the days of Napster and Friendster I've been on both sides of many issues the side that I was always on was mine. Issues were just like tissues. Crossing me crossed the line. If you get 
cheated and you don't keep bitching You're the kind of chef who should get the hell out of the kitchen If you get cheated and you don't make lots of noise You may think that you're a man but you're just one of the little boys My people still love me I'm not a doper or a boozer I'll never be a beggar Cause I was born a chooser You're never gonna hear this From your favorite fake newser But nothing stands taller Than the world's sorest loser The world's sorest loser Me The walls are closing in with no help from the architects. And for the chief executive turned wannabe chief executive, the trouble, like everything else, starts at home. Welcome to the Mara Prentice. Jared. Hey, uh, Mr. Dad President. Uh, thanks for taking the time to let me... Never a problem making time for almost blood relatives who decide to testify against me. I'd ask you to sit down, but you'd probably tell the January 6th committee about the chairs. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that, sir. As a matter of fact, that's why I flew down here, was just to put your mind at ease about my testimony. Hey, Jared, want to put my mind at ease? Well, sure. Go back a few days and erase the tape where you go spend eight hours with the witch hunters. That's the kind of ease my mind likes, kiddo. That's Trump ease. <laughs> Sir, you know me better than that. I know you as the guy who used me to get close enough to the Saudis to get a couple of billion off them. Gotta hand it to you. I didn't think you were that smart. You want to know what I told the committee? Actually, I want to know what you told the Saudis. The committee isn't going to give you two billion. <laughs> Like, what did you tell the Saudis about that horrible building, 666 Fifth Avenue? I told them I was smart enough to unload it on the next sucker. Who was smart enough to change the address to 660. Schmuck, why didn't you think of that? Uh, well, you think tourists wanted to come to New York and shop in a retail arcade under the sign of the freaking beast? I, I kept trying to change the name of the building, but... But your people wouldn't let me. My people? Mm -hmm. What did they have to do with anything? What did you want to change the name to? Trump? Yeah. It does have a certain ring to it. Listen, if the guy who's stooping my daughter is also screwing me on Capitol Hill, I think I'm at least entitled to know about it. Oh, you stroll in here like Mark Zuckerberg's dumber brother and think I'm going to fall for it? I may have been born last night, but I wasn't born yesterday. Sir, you can relax. Are you kidding? You haven't spent enough time around you here? You can relax about my testimony. I, 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 I can't share it with you. Oh, great. Now the witch hunt goes secret. But I can say this. If I had told them the truth, mm -hmm. it sure wouldn't have taken me eight hours. Okay, kid. That makes sense to me. I can stay for a while? No. But next time you can sit. Hey, Daddy. Hmm. Sorry to interrupt your 
golf game? Oh, sweetie. Always glad to take a break from my favorite thing to do in the whole freaking world. To see my lovely apprentice witch hunter. Huh? You don't think I... I mean, you know I wouldn't... I mean... Huh? Look, Ivanka, hmm? this doesn't mean I fantasize about screwing you any less than usual, but Jesus, did Jared bully you into talking to the committee? Or did the Saudis pay you to do it, too? Daddy, you've got to calm down before Honey, you... even Dr. Oz says I'm in excellent health, and what does he know? I know, but my people told me to go down to the committee. It would be over in a few hours, while if I didn't go, it would be... An endless news story like Steve Bannon. Mm -hmm. My dear, sweet, innocent daughter. <laughs> There's never a better time to stiff the committee than now. With all the Ukraine stuff filling the news, you'd be lucky to get an and finally story if you went down and told the committee what the Ukrainians told the boat. Next time you want to do what your people tell you, remember one thing. I'm your people, right? <laughs> Well, you're, you're so busy and... Never too busy to take time from golf, right? I guess so. New team, new tasks, same mission. We're going to make Stiffing the Witch Hunt great again. Now, the beach is his boardroom. The Myra Apprentice. It's never too early for a comeback. I'm Harry Shearer. This is Le Show. And every year, it seems that somebody who's been around for a while, been up to some stuff, some things, uh, comes out from the shadows and becomes part of the news. And uh, this year's person who fits that description, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Virginia Thomas, better known to her friends, as Ginny, in case you missed all the stories, she uh, is possibly the first Supreme Court wife in modern memory to be incredibly politically active, particularly in the uh, contest over the 2020 election and whether it was a real election or not. Um, you know, like, like we all were wondering this week whether the, uh, Trump trading cards were real or not. And what that means. What real actually means in that circumstance. Anyway, she has been incredibly active, as I say, in the movement to discredit, if not reverse, the results of the 2020 election, while being the wife of an active Supreme Court justice with cases involving that question coming before him. As I say, in modern memory, that's unprecedented, which means, by current standards, it's utterly normal. Skipping down the streets of the capital city Plugging her AC into sleepy DC Sweetly recommending swapping out precedents Beaming her sunshine for a few to see Ginny, Ginny No one can say no to her smile 
Just a pinch of her magic will convince you of her skinny. No laws can't shut down her style. Making the case to her best friend just might help the big court to bend. You never know where she'll pop up next in an email, a tweet, or a personal text. Ginny, Ginny, an outsider who's way inside. So sincere, but so very spinny. Don't forget the power of the bride. Ginny, Ginny, the committee is about to bring her out. Making way for a new constitution, she's a Thomas who never has a doubt. 2022, the year in rebuke. Direct from the virtual trading floor of Corey Muslocum Oliver, this is Mind Your Own Business, financial news from the dollar's point of view. I'm Mike Duccinello on the virtual trading floor. The distance between startup and shutdown just shrank big time this week as the CNN Plus streaming app went from premiere to derriere at the speed of the light going out. The conventional wisdom on the street had always been that CNN Plus was a newspaper that thought it was a magazine. But as things turned out, it was a dumb idea that thought it was a business. Also this week, Netflix stock tumbled like a hippo on a staircase. All in all, it was a bad week for media which depend on viewer subscriptions. And in a sign that inflation was not just eating away, but actually devouring discretionary income, Netflix announced it might start including advertising in its video offerings. That must be music, if not catchy jingles, to the ears of this week's guest in the startup spotlight, who's been talking to Sylvia Meal Argent at the Money Honey Desk. Thanks, Mike. Zane Moray has been experimenting on the human brain since at age 13 he forced his younger sister headfirst into a toaster oven. Today his work is a lot less dangerous, unless you're in the advertising business. Zane, just what is your new company, Brain Flush, all about? Well, Sylvia, anybody who's got a laptop or a cell phone knows what it's like to be attentionally challenged. It sometimes feels like our brains have been colonized by over-talkative aliens. <laughs> and you know what? What? I mean, I, I, I know I read the press release, but sincerely, what? Well, that's pretty much what's been happening over the last century, right? I mean, think of how long that's been. Listen to these folks at, at uh, my house the other day. Use Ajax, the foaming cleanser, da 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 floats the dirt. Right down the drain, ba 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 Oh, I'm the man from Texaco. I work from Maine to Mexico. I love my job of something in your car. Those are 75-year-old ad jingles. Why should they still be in the brains of senior citizens? Because they're catchy? <laughs> the jingles, I mean, not the brains. Exactly. These are my wife's parents. They were high IQ people in their youth, and now their memories are filled with slogans and jingles. So the over-talkative aliens you mentioned are... Are the people in the advertising business. That's right. 
Well, I didn't. See, I, I was looking at surveys of Americans and what kind of general knowledge we know and comparing that to the public in England and Holland and a few other countries. We're like at the bottom. Hmm. The places in our brains that should be containing knowledge are filled up instead with slogans and jingles. And brain flush is designed to fix that. Hmm. Is it pills or some kind of treatment or what? Good question. It's as simple as wearing an augmented reality headset, except that it's not building a fake location in your head. It's very precisely targeting the parts of your brain that contain ad material. The software that enables that function, the brain flush algorithm, is, <laughs> is really what we bring to the table. The hardware, at least right now, actually is an augmented reality headset. We bought a whole bunch from Facebook and redid the inside. How does the algorithm distinguish ad material from other word clusters like, say, song lyrics or poetry? Well, if you know the American public at all, you know there aren't very few pieces of poetry in their brains. But mm. we, we had a couple of interns basically living at the Advertising Museum in Grand Rapids over mm. the summer. They mm -hmm. collected over 10,000 slogan and jingle word clusters. The algorithm searches the brain of the wearer in the parts of the organ that stores memories of words and zaps any of those clusters with a small but powerful electric charge. All of a sudden, you've got so much extra brain space <laughs> to learn actual things. It's like those brain power drugs on steroids. Which they're not. The steroids, that no, is. No, no, of course not. Is there any danger that words used in ads could be zapped on their own? I mean, wouldn't they just disappear from your vocabulary? No, 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 no. In the, in the phrase, luckies taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother, mm -hmm. the only thing wiped from the brainscape would be the phrase itself. You'd still have access even to the word luckies. Hmm. Finally, Zane, has there been any reaction from the advertising business itself? Well, about 80% of the agencies have gotten together to produce a rebuttal that denies they want their stuff in your heads for any longer than the duration of the campaigns. Mm -hmm. And the other 20%? They're competing for our account, thanks to some serious investors. Brain flush is going to be all over the Internet come this fall. Zane Moray, thanks for sharing the latest in Learned Forgetting. Mike? And for this week, that's all for Mind Your Own Business. From the virtual trading floor, I'm Mike Tuccinello saying, this week, mind the business of someone you love. So long. We'll return to mining the year past for laughs in just a moment. First of all, uh, just to save you the trouble of looking it up, the report on um, the falling resale values of Trump's digital cards came from Fast Company, the uh, business magazine. You're welcome. And now, news of this smart world. Now more tales of the encrypted. Binance, the world's biggest crypto exchange, said this week it had temporarily paused withdrawals of its major stablecoin. That's a coin whose value is supposed to be tethered to the 
U.S. dollar. We've seen an increase in withdrawals, says Binance's chief executive, Chang Peng Zhao, swapping the uh, coin of that exchange with two other crypto tokens, Paxos Standard and Binance USD, requires using traditional dollars. What are these dollars? At a bank in New York, Zhao said. The banks are not open for another few hours. We expect the situation will be restored when the banks open. We'll also try to establish more fluid swap channels in the future, he said. He said in a separate tweet, the halt was due to token swap, where digital token holders exchange their crypto coins typically over different blockchains. You still with me? It said... um, A few months ago, it would automatically convert user balances and new deposits of USD coin and other stable coins into its own stable coin. It's all sounding just too stable. For five years, the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, Binance, served as a conduit for the laundering of at least $2.35 billion, you know those, in illicit funds, according to a Reuters investigation. Apple's plans for an autonomous vehicle. Well, what a good idea. A driverless Apple car. Who wouldn't? They're being pushed back at least one year to 2026 after Cupertino, Cupertino sorry, reportedly dumped its previous designs. The uh, project, known internally as Titan, is an ambitious undertaking even for the world's most valuable company. Like many others, Apple also wants to be the first to develop a fully autonomous Level 5 self-driving car. That means it requires no assistance from human drivers, including pedals and steering. Well, sure, it seems, according to the Register of the British Tech Journal, that technology isn't quite there yet. Forcing the company to rethink its design, Apple will now scale back initial plans and add a steering wheel and pedals. That's according to Bloomberg. The autonomous car won't have level 5 capabilities and will require drivers to take over in some instances. Why, that just sounds like the Tesla. Apple has spent years and billions of dollars trying to build an autonomous car and plans to sell the vehicle to Joe Public says the register, for $100,000. It's not the Joe Public I know. And from a pretty amusing online service called Web3 is going just great, a class action lawsuit against the company behind Bored Apes. Those are NFTs that don't feature the face of Donald Trump. And its executives, those on the board of Ape, DAO, a whole host of celebrity promoters and brands, and the MoonPay service, it's a class action against all these people and things, accuses the group of a scheme to employ celebrities to promote Bored Ape NFTs and ApeCoin without proper disclosures. The suit goes on to claim that MoonPay, a service known for brokering big-ticket celebrity crypto purchases, was used to obfuscate payoffs and itself benefited from the publicity earned from brokering these deals. I missed out again. The suit alleges that each of the promoters were compensated in some way, either through direct payments or via financial stake in MoonPay. 
That somehow doesn't sound like I'm actually going to get the money. MoonPay. The promoters listed in the lawsuit are talent manager Gary O'Siri, digital artist Beeple. That was the first guy to sell an NFT for a ridiculous amount of 50-something million dollars. Madonna, Paris Hilton, Jimmy Fallon, and related entities. Justin Bieber, Gwyneth Paltrow, Serena Williams, Diplo, Post Malone, Snoop Dogg, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, The Chainsmokers, Steph Curry, Future, The Weeknd, DJ Khaled, and Adidas. God bless them all. Because it's such a smart, smart, smart world. Ladies and gentlemen, it uh, may have reached your attention that a a certain ex-president has a whole lot of lawyers on his payroll. It hasn't escaped his attention. I've had a woman named Sydney and a guy named Lynn. That's the kind of legal scene that I've been in. I've had a lawyer whose first name was Ty. For the life of me, I couldn't figure out why. 87 lawyers, that's an impressive amount. I even hired a lawyer just to do that count. 87 lawyers, I think they breed in the hills. No wonder I don't even try to pay their bills. Team. Eastman was a beast, he thought up the whole scheme. Corcoran and Bob said all the documents were returned, and the feds threw a hissy fit, claiming they were burned. 87 lawyers, nobody else has more. The ones who turned me down just didn't know. Score 87 lawyers, you can never have enough. One of them is sure to really know their stuff. There's a lawyer on my team. He's called Jim Trusty. Don't you think I need one called Marilyn Busty? Boris Epstein was a lawyer who often made the news. Don't tell me that Trump doesn't like Jews. 
87 lawyers, maybe even more. I pay a visit each week to the lawyer's store. 87 lawyers, it's so cool. I probably should open my own law school. Meanwhile, this year, in heaven... 2022, the year in rebuke. So, uh, Murrow, mm-hmm. Cronkite, Brinkley. All still dead? As far as we know. Mm-hmm. Sam Donaldson? <laughs> no, sir, still alive. Damn it. Damn it. It's almost as if they're throwing me out just to screw with me. I'm sure he's not in good health. Never mind. I mean, there's probably some other factor involved rather than just screwing you. Mm-hmm. Always a cockeyed optimist. Well, no, it's and just... And, of course, Trump is getting away with stealing government documents. Well, we don't know if he's getting away with it. Jesus, Holmes, I mean, if I thought you were going to spend eternity trying to feed me namby-pamby garbage... I would never have told him I needed you up here. Well, of course he's getting away with it. If I had stolen one single friggin' top-secret page, they'd have indicted my ass so fast, Trisha and Julie would have testified against me. Trisha, yes. Julie, I'm not so sure. You know, the bitterest part of the pill is that Trump is no genius. No, I I know. He just doesn't give a damn about rules and regulations regarding government documents. Yeah, he just throws them all together. Time magazine covers. Mm-hmm. Who saves that crap? Just trivial ephemera. Yep, yep. Total ephemera. Yep. Thing is, though. Not that trivial, as it turns thing out. Thing is, that's exactly what we should have done. With the goddamn tapes. Well, sure. But we were the good little boys who kept them all filed and dated and organized chronologically and so forth. Just like we were supposed to do. Well, the, the Navy people actually did the filing. No, so, no, no, but that's just the point, Haldeman. Hmm? We followed the rules for storage of government documents. Imagine the reaction of the damn judge if we just said, Oh, Your Honor, we don't know where all the tapes are, but here's a box with a few of them and some old clothes and some marked-up copies of foreign affairs and such and so forth. Oh, he, would have... he subpoenas them and... We find a few more such boxes with a mislabeled tape and a Dodger's uniform and some photos of Pat back when she looked presentable and such. Mm-hmm. We turn them over to the court, and meantime, we're shipping most of the tapes the hell down to San Clemente in paper friggin' bags. <laughs> See what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what bugs me, Haldeman. Trump turns out to be the smart one. Well, I don't know about No, of course. We indexed them and dated them. We should have just labeled them something like laugh-in outtakes. <laughs> Crap like that. Mm-hmm. Carted them right out when we left town. Yeah. Although they weren't those big, wide videotapes, so... So who knew the difference back then? I suppose. I'm not blaming you, Alderman. <laughs> I'm blaming me. I cared. That was my problem. I just cared too damn much. 
Yes, sir. You're probably right. Yep. Meanwhile, back in this world, it was, uh, I think, at the hands of the January 6th Select House Committee that we learned that former President Trump's anger over the uh, stubborn fact that he hadn't been and couldn't be reelected resulted in at least one instance in which in the White House dining room he was seen to have thrown a bottle of ketchup at the wall and there were uh, there was testimony that perhaps this was not the only time such things had happened hard to believe isn't it when i was a child sometimes i'd get wild with friends came over to call if i was too sleepy too angry or weepy i just throw my food at the wall i was a big business baron screaming and swearing when it was hard to get a rival to deal so i'd get him in a room with no napkin or broom and just miss his puss with my meal mayonnaise and ketchup you don't expect on the wall you're there for a big meeting you don't know who to call screaming and yelling great for setting the mood but nothing packs a wallop like throwing my food Then I'm in the Oval My code name is Mogul Doing whatever I like is my job except the secret service starts acting real nervous about me going down and joining a mob so i go back home do some work with the comb and then get a pretty good punch i do an old hands call get my agents near the wall and then I wallop them with my lunch mayonnaise and ketchup you don't expect on the wall you're there for a big meeting you don't know who to call screaming and yelling great for setting the mood but nothing packs a wallop like winding up and throwing my food in the old days i'd call michael cone and you and your ass would be sued but i got tired of lawyers so now i just throw my food my food Meanwhile, back in the real world, the Apologies of the Week. We're 
so sorry. Well, guess who apologizes for a ticketing fiasco? Yes, Ticketmaster. Again, apologize to Bad Bunny fans who were turned away from a concert in Mexico City. According to Ticketmaster, an unprecedented number of fake tickets were scanned at the event. That caused their systems to become overwhelmed, which led to hundreds of actual ticket holders being told their tickets were counterfeit. Angry fans who were denied entry began trying to climb stadium fencing and were detained by security. Ticketmaster says it'll be offering refunds to those who have purchased legit tickets. It's working with Mexico's Office of the Federal Prosecutor for the Consumer to, quote, clarify facts, attend to, and reply to affected consumers. Unquote. Fans paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, according to Digital Music News, to attend the concert and were turned away. Ticketmaster is going to be fined up to 10% of their sales for all of last year for the fiasco, according to Mexico's Consumer Protection Agency head. They also must reimburse affected fans 100% of the ticket price plus 20% extra in compensation. He, the Consumer Protection Agency head, contends Ticketmaster knowingly oversold tickets and attempted to cover it up by claiming the tickets were fake. They said they were fake, but they were all issued by them. It's a very elegant way to oversell, says the head of Mexico's Consumer Protection Agency. Well, how would he know? University of Kansas students Samuel McKnight and John Wiklensky have publicly apologized in front of the Spencer Museum of Art, the same place where they stole from a Native American art display over a year ago. This is from the Daily Kansan. Hey, kids. The First Nations Student Association, the Spencer Museum of Art, Lawrence Citizens and Wiklensky and McKnight gathered in front of the Spencer Art Museum for the public apology. According to the Director of Tribal Relations at the University of Kansas, the Public Apology and Restorative Justice Circle were part of the agreement reached with the DA's office and the two kids in order for them to be granted a diversion after being charged with theft of property of a value of at least $1,500, but less than $25,000. They were charged last November. The event began with the director of the museum addressing the crowd. Today's gathering is one of several actions toward learning and healing that were determined by a group including staff from the museum, students, native faculty and staff, and the individuals offering their apologies today for the 2021 theft of the native hosts panels, she said. She ended her address by pledging the Spencer Museum of Art to continue its commitment to native artists. The a, a citizen of the Shawnee and Delaware tribes of Oklahoma and Native Student Success Coordinator at the University of Kansas also spoke. I think we've all come here today feeling encouraged to be included in this process and very thankful to the DA's office for allowing us to have our voices heard in this process. We don't often get that opportunity. We don't often get a voice at the table in these situations where we've experienced harm. She added how grateful she was to see students and Native relatives participating in the traditional systems of restorative justice and the peaceful manner in which 
the two students were able to restore balance to KU native communities. Then she invited attendees to participate in a moment of silence to honor the restoration process they came together to create. Then the two students stepped forward to apologize. Wiklensky began by apologizing to Heap of Birds, the artist behind the display, and the indigenous students of Kansas University, the University of the Museum, and anyone who felt the ripple effect from the situation. Quote, there truthfully is not a second that goes by that I don't unconditionally regret our actions and the damage that was caused, McClensky said. Additionally, he said that he and McKnight never had any malicious intent when stealing the artwork, but a naive and selfish desire to use it as decor for their apartment. Oh, okay then. Why didn't you say so? Twitter's owner Elon Musk has apologized for a widely mocked gaffe in which three original and official Norwegian government accounts were mislabeled as Nigeria government organizations and officials. Norway's foreign ministry alerted the platform to the mistake on Wednesday. Amazing Musk didn't notice it. He pays such close attention. In a tweet directed at Twitter support, representative for Norway's foreign ministry tweeted, As much as we enjoy our excellent bilateral relations in close alphabetical vicinity with Nigeria, we would much appreciate it if, if you could label us as Norway. They added Norway's prime minister and foreign minister had also been mislabeled. Musk responded to the tweet and apologized for the error, but didn't elaborate on why it had occurred. I think we know why he's paying too much attention. President Joe Biden apologized on Wednesday for the unimaginable cruelty of slavery, which he referred to as the nation's original sin. Speaking at a U.S.-Africa leadership summit in Washington, Biden expressed regret, regret for America's original sin, the enslavement of millions of people. He pledged to invest $55 billion into the continent, insisting that the United States is all in on Africa's future. Hopefully not meaning that we own them again. Former NFL quarterback Robert Griffin III has apologized after fumbling his words on Monday Night Countdown, a pregame show for the football thing. The ESPN analyst was discussing the Philadelphia Eagles' victory over the New York Giants the day before and used a racial slur while defending Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. Quote, people said Jalen Hurts couldn't get it done. He could not break from the pocket. He's not the quarterback of the future. I think he proved all these jigaboos wrong, Griffin commented to a national audience. His casual, casual use of the word jigaboo an insulting and contemptuous word for a black person, according to the dictionary, raised eyebrows, this according to back, this according to black entertainment television. A video clip of Griffin's remarks went viral. He later explained that he misspoke and apologized. Yo, definitely need to clarify this. This is not what I meant to say. Was trying to say those bugaboos in reference to haters and doubters, he tweeted. Sorry. Wrong booze. Nadeline Jackson, Michigan. Three men were sentenced this year 
<laughs> this week to serve a minimum of 7 to 12 years in prison for providing material aid to terrorists and being members of a gang in connection with the plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. The courtroom was packed with friends and family of the three defendants. The men were found guilty in October. The jury determined that the three men, all of whom were members of the militia group Wolverine Watchmen, aided plot ringleaders Adam Fox and Barry Croft, who were both convicted of kidnapping conspiracy and conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction in federal court. Prosecutors said the men were early joiners and founders of Wolverine Watchmen, which helped train Fox and Croft for their plot to kidnap Whitmer. Quote, I apologize for the highly inappropriate cam comments I made in the past. They do not represent the man I am today. One of the three said, I was caught up highly in the moment. I felt I had lost a lot of camaraderie after being discharged from the army. He apologized to the governor for the stupid comments he made and teared up as he left the courtroom. Another one of the three told the judge he was renouncing and disavowing everything to do with the Boogaloo movement and Wolverine Watchmen. Quote, I sincerely regret ever allowing myself to have any affiliation with people who had those kinds of ideas, especially Mr. Fox, who I believe is a danger to society. I regret I ever let hate, fear, and anger into my heart the way I did. If I could, Your Honor, I'd take it all back. Unquote. The third defendant <laughs> cried during a statement with the judge. Judge, Judge, Judge Thomas Wilson, and as the sentence was read, he called I love you to someone in the gallery before he was taken out of the courtroom. I had a lapse in judgment, he told the judge, saying he'd been married for 26 years. I don't think that was the lapse he meant. There were a lot of emotions going on during this time. I throw myself at the mercy of the court. Apparently the court threw him back. Uh, they got consecutive sentences as, a, as opposed to concurrent sentences, so they're going to be away for a while. The FBI stopped the plot before any violence occurred by infiltrating the militia and using confidential informants and undercover officers. But Governor Whitmer said in a letter written in the court, since the plot became known, she now scans the crowd for threats. She thinks carefully about the last thing she says to someone before they part, and she worries about her loved ones, staff members, and police officers on her security detail, getting hurt. Seven people have now been convicted on state or federal charges related to the plot. The Apologies of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And finally, all of the signs of a, uh, a waning of the magic moments for Donald Trump were summed up by... Uh, Four words at the bottom of the front page of the New York Post. Florida man makes announcement. This was the, their way of reporting Trump announcing that he's running again. And appeared to mark the end of the long-term bromance between Trump and Rupert Murdoch. 2022. The year in rebuke. Murdoch won. Really? Yeah. Well, this is Trump won. <laughs> Donald, 
I've been expecting this call. Oh, I'm sure you have. You take a couple of shots at the country's favorite president and newspapers that uh, not even the fish read anymore. You got to expect something. <laughs> Look, my friend, this day was going to come sometime. So that sometime is now. Shouldn't be surprised. No, I sh shouldn't be surprised by the kind of ingratitude that's never been seen before by anybody with eyes. Did I hear you say ingratitude? At your age? Who knows? Listen, my wrinkled old friend. I gave you failing newspapers, thousands of days of must-read front pages. Was best sex ever, says Marla, not the best-selling edition of the New York Post in the history of history? What? Didn't Trump make Fox News the owner of primetime cable? I... Didn't MAGA make people actually read the Wall Street Journal editorial page? Do I have to draw you a picture with my bare hands? Jesus. Are you through? Through? I haven't even started to begin. If we're talking about gratitude, who got millions of dollars, American dollars, of free publicity every night for years, not to mention every morning? You think I called Laura all the time because she wasn't a sack of dog-faced ugliness? I had to close my eyes just to find the phone. And who do you think told her it was a good idea to put your blatherings on half an hour of live TV? Oh, some schmuck in the control room while you're at home trying to wheedle your way to the pants of some rocker's ex? All right, Donald. Let's be honest. We helped each other. But one of us had a sell-by date, and the other one didn't want to stink up the kitchen. Rupert, I don't have to sink to pointing out that you're as much of a true native-born American as some drugged-up Mexican rapist. But I have no choice. And here's the cute part. Unlike some rocker's ex, the MAGA movement isn't going anywhere. We're leaving our tire tracks all over Mike Prince and Dick Cheney's crazy daughter, and you're turning your one-time media empire into a third-rate rhino preserve. You know, I think I remember the two weeks when all your people were going to watch some two-camera network based in San Diego. But guess what, my friend from Queens? Those are our people. We just loaned them to you for a few years. If you're going to run again, you're going to be doing it on talk radio and Christian television. And if there's any mileage left in you, we'll hop back on board when the time comes. And then you really will be grateful for scraps of airtime. And I'll be magnanimous enough to tell you, you're welcome. And now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to sit here and wait for Ron DeSantis to call me and do a proper hiney kissing. I uh, can still get uh, off-the-air advice from Hannity, right? It's a free country. Take care, Donald. But I... Gentlemen, if you're in New Orleans, and I sure hope you are, our traditional Christmas music and comedy cavalcade, Christmas Without Tears, when I say our, it's Judith Owen and mine, returns after a COVID absence with an incredible cast of wonderful musicians and comedy performers. Tuesday night, one night only, 8 o'clock, 
at the Orpheum Theater in downtown New Orleans, and it benefits a great cause, the Innocence Project of New Orleans. I sure hope to see you there. for the inconvenience it caused online publishers when its ad-managing platform stopped, and this is the word I love, serving ads. It served them to us, and they didn't serve them to us in this example. Prevented sites from generating revenue and advertising agency representatives for serving ads for brands. This, once again according to Media Post, raises questions about agencies and brands' dependency on Google advertising services. We weren't served. It's okay, Google. At least for me. And with that, we conclude the Air Rebuke and this week's edition of the show simultaneously. Back next week, same time, same radio station, and... Uh, whenever you want, on the audio device of your choice. And it would be just like you having a very happy holiday, whichever religion you were born in or adopted later. And it would be just like Trump's NFTs went to zero. If you'd agree to join with me then, would you? Alrighty, thank you very much. Uh huh. Tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego desk and to Thomas Walsh here at WWNO in New Orleans, and to Pam Halstead. The email address for this program, the playlist of the music heard here on, and your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts all at harryshare.com. And yes, I'm hanging in there on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. And I'm sorry. The show comes to you from Century Progress Productions that originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. Happy holidays from the Crescent City.